0: Welcome to the Pretty Powerful Podcast, where powerful women are interviewed every week to share real inspiring stories and incredible insight to help women or anyone break the barriers, be a part of innovation, shatter the glass ceiling, and dominate to the top of their sport,
1: industry, or life's mission. Join us as we celebrate exceptional women and step into our power. And now, here's your host, Angela Gennari. Hello, welcome to another episode of the Pretty Powerful Podcast. I am here with Selena Shans. How are you, Selena? Hi, Angela. Great to see you. Great to see you too. Thank you so much for joining us today. So Selena was born and raised in North Carolina and approaches business like a true Southerner. Relationships first, business second. She is the founder and CEO of Full Capacity Marketing, a 20-plus-year-old national consultancy specializing in brand storytelling and strategic communications for those in the workforce, education, and entrepreneurship sectors. As a former female athlete of the year, Selena attributes her love of sports as a driving force and passion that she puts into every single project. FCM's customer-centric model has earned the company more than 75 global awards for its customers who have built sustainable and relevant brands across the nation. A professed horse lover, Selena spends her free time at the barn riding and working on her equestrian skills and recharges with the love of her life who she met during the COVID-19 pandemic on Bumble. (laughs) That's amazing.
0: You're the one, you're the one person who,
1: you're the one person who found love on Bumble.
0: (laughs) I know, right? I know,
1: but it's, yeah, it's
0: fantastic. That's a whole other podcast
1: in itself. That's fantastic. (laughs) Well, and I find the dating is challenging and maybe, maybe it's not for you. You're in San Diego. Maybe it's different there, but I have yet to, uh, to find very many quality people out in the dating world. And it's a
0: needle in a haystack. Uh, sure but I swear is. when it's meant
1: to be, it's meant to be. Yeah, so this yeah. is true. Well, congratulations. <laughs> face. That's, that's wonderful. I'm happy for you. So, um, so tell me a little bit about what got you started into the marketing and education sector. I wish I could say, you know, it's just
0: like a straight path, a straight shot. <laughs> I knew what I wanted to be when I grew up. And it, it really wasn't like that. It was a, quite a journey to get here. Mm. Um Yeah, lots of twists and turns. Um, I think you know society talks about, oh, we're going to go to school, we're going to go to college, we're going to get married, have children. There's a lot that society places on it. My journey was nothing like that. (laughs) It was all over the map, literally, Uh uh, because I ended up in California. Um, So yeah, it was just a long journey to get here. I I moved uh, from North Carolina um, to California. Actually, Hurricane Diana hit in 1985. You're from Georgia, so you know all yeah. the hurricanes that run through yeah. the South, right? right? And you just said, gosh, I've got to get out of here. It's been a long road through college and everything else, uh, other other challenges I had. So I picked up and moved to uh, actually the Bay Area okay. when I was 25 years old. And uh, I had $50 to my name. I went out and bought a new car the day before the hurricane hit I packed my stuff and just left and I said okay there's got to be something more to life than here Mm. and uh, so that's how it kind of all got started but my love of sports really uh, it got me into sports medicine first that was my first company I've had three companies I've sold one and then I've had full capacity marketing for over now going on 21 years uh, but the first one was in sports medicine because of my love of sports.
1: Awesome. So
0: I, I just think that it's just so interesting to hear how people's lives went. And I bet you if your listeners look back on their lives, they go, oh, now I know why that happened. That mm-hmm. got me to this job or this place or this spot in my company or wherever it is, Um So I'm a big believer in going for the ride, you know, it's like, you don't know where it's going to take you sometimes, but it doesn't have to be all kind of mapped out. And mine certainly was not.
1: Yeah. I always say when somebody invites you on an adventure, say yes, whatever it is, say yes, just say yes and do it. (laughs) So, um, so you have a passion for sports. So tell me about sports in high school and being female athlete of the year. And there's some incredible accomplishments there.
0: Oh, thank you. Well, it was by necessity that I really got into sports. You know, like so many people in the country... Um, I grew up in an alcoholic family Mm -hmm. and, um, that really spurred my need to be out of the house because it was uh, not a good environment for me. So I always found ways to stay out of the house. Uh And my sister, uh, who I call my Shiro sister, you know, we always have these little people in our lives, right? She's amazing. Oh my gosh. She really raised me. Uh, she took care of me. She got her worker's permit at age 15 and make sure that I had clothes and food and everything. And she's the one that noticed, she goes, you know, you've got some athletic prowess and I'm going to get you into this small private school because an education is where, where you know, what's where you need to be. Yeah. So I played everything in that little school from basketball, softball, volleyball, I mean, you name it. I just wow. kept me out of the house and helped me channel that energy into something really positive. Plus, you know, you, you meet your extended family out there in sports, right? right your colleagues right. and your coaches. And um, so I was fortunate enough to get a basketball scholarship to play in college. And that is what enabled me to go to school and, and first start out in business um, and marketing. I, I just thought wow. that was a good skill set that was transferable across all industries. You know, you have mm-hmm. to learn how to talk about what you're doing, be excited about what you're doing. And so I went down that pathway. Um, And then when I moved to California, I ended up, because of my love of sports, um, getting a master's in sports medicine. And so my first company was called Life at Its Peak, and it helped doctors integrate sports medicine as part of their business model, multidisciplinary clinics. Uh, But when managed care hit, um, you know, on the scenes, the reimbursement rates weren't that great, so I had to go and downsize some of the clinics and then reinvent mm-hmm. myself. Right, like mm-hmm. so many entrepreneurs. So like, many. Okay, yes. Well, this is a dead end. Like I was reading about your company during COVID, right? Uh-huh. And yep. you had those five months of like, oh gosh, how are we going to reinvent? How are you going? But that's what an entrepreneur does. And I, I, you know, I used to hide my thorns about my 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 alcoholic family and just other things in, that I was very. Um, Sort of embarrassed about, but now I've I think I've learned to embrace them and open up more about them because I think it really shapes who you are and helps you make some decisions to get out of that pathway as a motivator kind of absolutely. So I you know I think it's made me a better leader just opening up um, and sharing my different stories and trials and tribs because boy nobody gets here on a straight path. Nobody gets there Mm -hmm. easily either. It's hard work having your company.
1: Yeah, yeah, it really is. Well, and, and, you know, I, I can't remember who I was listening to recently, but they said they, they, they don't fear for the entrepreneurs who have been through hardship. They fear for the ones who haven't been through hardship, yes. because yeah. if you haven't been through hardship as an entrepreneur, you're not going to know how to handle it when it comes at you and it's going to come at you big. Right. And so, you know, take those little moments of grind of, of, of grit and place them appropriately in your, in your business and in your life and, and use that as fuel to continue growing. And, and I agree with you. I mean, our childhoods, you know, they really shape who we are uh, good or bad. Right. And so those experiences though, are what allow us to have that ability to get through tough moments in our business and, and strategically be creative when it comes to, okay, I can find a way out of this. I've been through worse. Right. And so when you have that mindset of I've been through worse then little things like, you know, in your business, don't, don't throw you off so much. Yeah. You don't sweat the small
0: stuff. It seems big at the time, you know, and I'm really learning, I think how to uh, look at, uh mistakes or maybe contracts we weren't awarded as okay Mm. well that's not a mistake it wasn't it was time well invested because i learned some things as long as i can keep learning now And really try to find the right fit in terms of the customer and our company, and and that then it makes life so much better all the way around, right? Um, Yeah. And and when I look back, I go, oh, that's why that contract fell through, or Uh you know, there were things that I don't, you don't know what you don't know, right? And so I really trust a lot that the universe has my back as I move through my business as well. So you know, they say, oh, you're. Business life is one; your personal life is another. I don't see that. I I see it all kind of mushed together. How about Mm. you? (laughs) Yeah. Well,
1: I think as entrepreneurs, you know, our our business is one of our family members. (laughs) You know, like I look at it as my other child, and you know, and so or my spouse. It depends on how you know what the day looks like. (laughs) And so it 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 really is. And for us, it's very hard to say, okay, at five o'clock, I'm going to be done with this, and then I'm going to move on, and it's family time, and we don't. time block as well as people who have a nine to five job. It's just as different. It's just different. There's a different fuel and a different passion for what you're doing and a different level of commitment.
0: It's very interesting you say your business is your child, because I remember growing up in North Carolina, one of the reasons I left was that I got a lot of pressure to like be married and have children. Mm-hmm. And I chose to go a different path that my child, I said, I'm I'm going to California, I'm going to start a company, and that company is going to be my child for a yeah. while, right? Yeah, here oh, in yeah. 21 years or however many years later. um, And it really does feel like that when you're an entrepreneur, it's a labor of love.
1: Mm -hmm. It's a labor of
0: love. I wouldn't trade it for the world.
1: Yeah. Well, and it's a level of commitment that you just don't get if, you know, if you're, if it's your, your day job, you know, if if you're calling it your day job, it's a different level of commitment. And, you know, when people always say, oh, so what do you do for fun? I'm like, I work. Like I, I, is that weird? <laughs> like I actually enjoy it. Like I feel like that's just I don't know. Like this is what I actually enjoy doing. So <laughs> Exactly. Nothing wrong with that. Mhm. So, okay. So you had you had sports as a great foundation. So, mm-hmm. do you think sports have helped you in in your business in running a business? Oh, absolutely. I, it has because
0: it teaches you teamwork. I think of my in my company as my extended family everybody's yeah. a family member to me it's probably because mm-hmm. I came from a broken one and I just had my sister right yeah so yeah. those relationships when you read my bio I just go yep that still rings true for me yeah. and uh so it really teaches you you know camaraderie um and how you can help each other make things better so I one of the things that I believe in is that if you have diverse thought on any project on any strategy, within any business, your end product and service is gonna be much better. Mm -hmm. And we have a lot of diversity in our team. Folks have backgrounds like I have, Also folks who have been homeless, people who have immigrated in, have, you know, just all types of people. Because in our company, we help workforce and education organizations recruit those underserved populations to get them into training programs, education, and Mm -hmm. even entrepreneurship. So I think having that uh, sports background is, is kind of like you learn teamwork You learn how to lean into your strengths and have your team members help you out with your weaknesses. Um, And so all of those lessons, I think, hold true for having a a successful company. You've got to kind of carry that theme through and see the value in everybody in the company.
1: Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I I agree. A hundred percent. I think, I think teamwork and and growth and strategy, so much can be learned from sports. And when you can implement those same lessons into your day-to-day business and you create that team environment and working hard. And yeah, I think, I think there's, um, A lot of great correlation between sports and successful Mm -hmm. businesses. So um, so then you start this business and you're really kind of your your marketing is a little bit more unique because you kind of focus on education. So tell me about that.
0: Yeah, so. After, okay, so after life at its peak kind of ended, I'm like, what am I going to do, right? Right. And so I ended up taking a job uh, in between these companies. I've also taken jobs that build my skill sets. So I wanted to start a, a marketing company. I thought that would be, that's kind of mission focused. And I took a job with the County of San Diego, their Health and Human Services Agency, because I needed news media experience. And all of a sudden, I was thrown in this world like, oh my gosh, we got an E. coli breakout in San Diego. What do we do? Oh, you know, yeah. all this kind of things. It was really great training. And after about four years of that, I got recruited into this workforce agency. And there are a bunch of them across the nation that get their funding from Department of Labor. Mm -hmm. And they do um, they do a lot of training and helping people uh, with unemployed, just underserved populations kind of lift up. And I really fell in love with that. I thought, this is really great. And I need to start a company. Um, based on workforce and education, because it was so instrumental in my own life and lifting me up out of my situation. Yeah. So I got really passionate about it. So, you know, we're a traditional marketing and communications company. I think rather than I tell you what I do, I'd rather tell you what my customers do and how yeah. we help them. Okay. Um, so one story I can share with you, which I just marvel at that we were working with an adult education school, which is okay. probably the best no kept secret ever, you know, it they help uh, folks with English language, ad- adult basic education, even mm. career education, like learning a skill an office skill and things like that. Yeah. So uh, one of the organizations that we represented um, was working with a homeless lady who was living in a shelter. And they were helping her learn English and get her high school credential. Okay. Uh, Like a high school equivalency is what they call it. Okay. She didn't have a laptop, so she kept missing classes. And then, you know, the instructor kind of probed her and found out, wow, you know, she's homeless. He went out and partnered with a, a, a tech company, got her a laptop. She finished her high school uh, equivalency. She also got uh, skills based training, and she and she's working in an office now, out of the storage unit, and making sixty wow. thousand dollars a year.
1: Good for her. So wow.
0: our job with those kind of organizations is to help find those kind of folks. Well, yeah. a lot of the people in my company are those folks. We've mm-hmm. been there. We've had those barriers. I myself have been, you know, almost on public assistance. I survived a domestic violence incident, you know, Mm -hmm. almost Mm -hmm. a near rate, all these things kind of like, you know, living paycheck to paycheck. So I think the power of education to me is so inspiring. And we help those organizations find those folks and get them into training And and really help them build a wonderful life. And many of them have gone into entrepreneurship. And then so we help the entrepreneurship side of the house as well. Mm -hmm. It's just wonderful. I, I just I can't believe I get to do this every day. And it's the stories that are generated from our customers that make me want to kind of keep going.
1: That's awesome. Yeah. I love that because I I think if you can educate someone, especially a woman, you know, she contributes so much back to her community and it's just by nature. You know, if you give a woman education and you can empower her and give her resources, she turns those resources into resources for everyone. Right. So, so she, you know, it's, it's women have the ability to really rise up a community and um, it starts with education.
0: Absolutely, Education provides choices as does money. Mm-hmm. People say, oh, money's a bad thing. No, it's not. Yeah. <laughs> money's yeah. a fantastic thing. It's a yeah. byproduct of having a mission in the world and being driven by that mission and being successful with that mission. It's just a byproduct of that, but it is energy that comes in and helps a woman get out of a situation. Yeah. Um, and, and find those resources. Mm-hmm. One of our national campaigns right, right now is hashtag Move Ahead with Adult Ed, and people can go to moveaheadwithadulted.org and find their local adult education provider and what they do for free classes or cost-effective training, which is fantastic. And so, yeah. start anywhere. You know, my message to to women is doesn't matter where you are in your journey, just start somewhere and try to gain additional skills. Mm -hmm. Skills are the way to go, not necessarily degrees, even though that was my pathway, you know, because I I got the scholarship and whatnot. But there are so many successful entrepreneurs who have credentials, right? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. I was thinking about my nephew who's in North Carolina. I have three nephews, beautiful nephews in there they all took different pathways. One of them said, I don't wanna go to a four-year college. I want to really take a look at a community college and build some stackable credentials. Well, he's the one doing the best out of all three. He started an advanced manufacturing company I said, hey, you know, how's it going? Oh, my billables were 30K last month. Oh, okay, good (laughs) Good job. (laughs) And he he loved computers. And he, so he leaned into that and said, you know what? I'm going to learn how to make these specific widgets that go on this specific machine that are in high demand. Mm. So he has his own commercial property right now, his own business, and he, you know, did not go to the four-year route.
1: Yeah, yeah, so, I think there's so much value in that, and there's so much yeah. need because everybody was pushing four-year college forever and ever and ever, and now that's the expectation. But we're we're short on mechanics, we're short on pilots, that's we're good. short on you know all of these the skilled labor that you know our country is desperate for right now because Absolutely. people are skipping over the trade schools and going to four-year colleges and you know, getting a degree that they're likely not going to use anyway. (laughs) So, you know, so that's 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 the challenge. Yeah. Yeah. So what trends are you seeing in adult education right now?
0: Well, you know, we had the great resignation, right? Uh After, after COVID where everybody's sort of like, what am I really doing here? Right. Yeah. Uh, Mm -hmm. It's interesting. You were saying, you know, I was, I was looking at research just yesterday on the value of community college, the value of, um, uh, four-year degree mm-hmm. and how people are not valuing those degrees like they were in the past. And right. so one of the biggest trends I see is that employers are really looking at, because of the the tight labor market, their, uh, the skill shortages and using skills as the gold standard for hiring versus a degree. Interesting. Because, you know... It, if you think about it as an employer, and you've been there, right, you yep. want people who are committed, who can show up, who have communication skills and all of that. If they have that, you know, we can train them in the other the other places. Mm-hmm. So uh, the market right now is really in favor of job seekers and students and learners because employers are taking a hard look at like, wow, what is my employer brand like? Why would someone want to come and work in this company for mm-hmm. me? And so there's a lot of power right now for that labor market to go in and and negotiate for themselves and say, okay, um, you know, I have this skill set. I'm willing to go to school and do this, this and this, you know, and take that initiative and show employers you can really get a foot into a lot of companies right now because of the tight labor market and the mm-hmm. skill shortages.
1: Mm-hmm. So
0: that's exciting. And it's also exciting for me because it's enfor- it's forcing employers to take a look at how they build cultures within their organization. How, th- how do mm-hmm. they do teamwork? Um, because I think everybody in an organization has to feel connected to the bigger mission. And yeah. if they don't see that and feel that, then, you know, younger generations will be like, I'm out, I'm tapping out. Um, We have a lot of stickiness in our company. Um, I've had my creative director for over 20 years. I've known him for 30, but he's been with me. So uh, a longevity in the in the company. And I think it's because the culture we have in terms of valuing diversity and valuing opinion, because again, I always think, so, so that's changeable. When you look at like leadership styles, well, how do I get people to stay in my company? Well, you, you value them, right? You yeah. can take a look. I've had a virtual company, a full capacity marketing has been virtual for 21 years.
1: Wow. And people
0: say, people say like we've beta tested Webex when it came out. Was wow. like, oh yeah. When COVID hit, I was one was like, finally people yeah. are getting it with zoom and everything else. I was right. like, yes. Yeah. Um, but having a hybrid work model um, and and trusting people, so I you know setting expectations and then trusting people to make those, um, so that they do have a work life balance. Mm-hmm. They'll contribute more. My folks are so productive. I mean, the creative team's like, I can't come up with an idea. We'll go surfing, go to a museum. Like, what do you need to do?
1: Yeah. And yeah. so they
0: work all the different hours, you know, yeah, different yeah. hours and things like that. So. I think it offers a lot of flexibility so that there's a lot of trends. And then, of course, AI. So those are all the trends that I'm I'm really tracking right now.
1: Mm, interesting. Okay. Yeah. AI is a huge one. That That is going to, I think, change the dynamic for a lot of companies. So I agree. Yeah. Interesting. So what do you think about, so as we're going into, you know, you've started a few different businesses. What challenges did you have in starting your multiple businesses?
0: where to start, right? I know. I know. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Well, I I was, I wrote an article for, uh, the future of work for authority magazine. Um, I'll send you the link so you can post it up. But one of the things they asked me to do is do a video on the five things I wish someone had told me before I became an entrepreneur. Mm. And one of them was definitely, if you're a woman, Don't feel like you have to run a business like a man. And when I say that, it's like, don't get me wrong. I love men. I love the mentorship of men. Some of my best mentors are men. And I think that women have to think about their value in terms of what they bring to the table. We have right. that empathy. We can build cultures. We can build teams. We're great listeners. We find a way to come in that gray area. It's not black yeah. and white, right? Which makes your product even better. So one of the so that's one thing is just um, surrounding your people with great mentors. Um, I couldn't have gotten here without the mentorship of people that I met along the way. So I think you've got to, one of the things is let go of the naysayers Mm. or I call them energy suckers. You know, you can feel it like when you meet somebody for the first time, are they going to give you energy or are they going to suck it out of you dry, right? Right. And uh, so, you know, those people and some of those people are probably in your own family. I find that when you start a company, you really have to surround yourself with people who are going to give you good constructive criticism that Mm -hmm. you take on and move from but then you kind of have to leave the rest by the side of the road
1: yeah 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 (laughs)
0: that would be that would be like one of the best things i mean my company, I, I didn't have a bricks and mortar, right? It was virtual. So um, it, it was less risky in some senses because I didn't have to pay rent. I've always worked from home, always.
1: Yeah. yeah.
0: Um, so a, a lot of that is like thinking through how can you now get with the hybrid model that's on board or a fully virtual model? Because mm-hmm. that, that to me is very powerful. You can cost save, pass that on to your customers so you can be competitive in the market right. and go from there. And I think, you know, part of it being an entrepreneur, another thing is just doing good work. You uh-huh. know, you may have to do some loss leaders and t- have people take you on, you know, as a company for less of a price to prove yourself. But once you start building those relationships and the results, then it just builds from there. So you mm-hmm. got to start small and just kind of, kind of move forward.
1: I like it. Very nice. Yeah, I, I do agree with you. And I think those uh five tips are great because uh as an entrepreneur, it's it's hard. You feel like you're figuring it all out and you feel like you're the only one, yes. right? Yeah. And so you know one of the things that I really encourage people to do is find your tribe, find your network of people because like you were saying with good advice, make sure you're getting good advice. Sometimes it's really difficult to get advice from family and friends because Absolutely. they're they're looking at it through their own filter and you know they mean well in in terms of like what they're telling you, they have the best intentions um and and they're trying to protect you in many cases but they're also looking through, you know, your situation through their filter and that can be challenging in terms of like their risk level you know the risk tolerance and you know uh looking at the market. so they're looking at it in a way where they they want to make sure that they're giving you good advice but at the same time you've got to take it all with a grain of salt you do i mean one of those filters is
0: fear or yeah. can be fear and so that's where it gets tricky because you have to really believe you have a different makeup. You have the tenacity to right. reinvent, to pivot, to be flexible. There always is a way of doing things. It's just connecting in with those right folks. Mm-hmm. So if you have a person in your tribe, as you said, who is totally in fear and they are in eight to five makeup, you know, they're in that yeah. kind of mindset yeah. versus going out and taking risks. It, it doesn't match.
1: Yeah. 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 So I I love, you know, the idea of joining an entrepreneur group or, you know, finding a circle of of others who are starting similar, but maybe not competing businesses. And so just finding your tribe, finding somebody that you can bounce ideas off of, who's also in a similar situation where they can really give you valuable advice, especially that advice where they've already learned the lesson and they can now tell Mm -hmm. you, so you don't have to make the same mistakes. Those are really, really valuable.
0: Right, right. And there's free resources, too. I'm always about, you know, what are the free resources out there? We're working right now in doing a campaign for a lot of public organizations in Contra Costa County, and that campaign is going to be called Think Contra Costa. But we did an asset map of the whole community in terms of what are the resources available for entrepreneurs and businesses to help them in growth, especially minority-owned businesses. And what we did is we packaged or we are in the middle of packaging all of those services and having kind of a one stop. Shop, if you will, we call it a pop up business resource center mm-hmm. because there's all these events and everything. But there'll be one 800, uh, one single 800 number where a business can call in and say, This is my situation, where do I need to go? Yeah, uh, but yeah. you have folks like the small business development centers, they are fantastic. Mm-hmm. I use those early on in at full capacity marketing when I was getting my you know, uh systems put into place and there are a lot of mentors out there. Score is another one. Yeah.
1: So score is great. You know,
0: look through your community and and uh to find those gems. We're gonna try to make it easier in Costa County because it's tough wading through all the, the public sector uh, and nonprofit
1: help out there. It is but tough, it is tough. there. Yeah, it is out there. Um, it's tough because they don't. Ne- they don't generally have the marketing resources to have great websites that are really informative and up to date, and apps and all the other things that, as a commercial enterprise, you can put together. But as a you right. know publicly funded, you know organization, you generally lack that sophistication or that that funding for for marketing. So. Yeah, it's out there, but you do have to dig a little bit to find it. But um, there's also great grant programs um, that people can tap into that I think are really, really valuable, especially as they're getting started.
0: So. Yeah, there's so much out there. Um, but you're right, you do have to dig. We try to help those agencies, by the way, who have poor websites. And yeah,
1: poor that's what yeah. we do. We're like,
0: okay, let's, you're, you're the best kept secret. Let's uh, not be there.
1: Yeah, yeah. Let's <laughs> not be a secret anymore. <laughs> so. Exactly. So, you know, talking about doing stuff like that. So how do you build a a cohesive brand strategy? Like as a company, how do you build a cohesive brand strategy? What advice would you give to listeners? So great. You know, we're called full capacity
0: marketing because our goal is to work ourselves out of a contract everywhere we go so that our customers can be sustainable because, branding, marketing, and communications is sometimes an afterthought, and it really uh-huh. needs to be a pillar that is built in straight up in your, your business planning. Yeah. Um, yeah. So a lot of what um, our philosophy is anyway, is really um, looking at what is your positioning in the market? What do you do different and better? So finding your unique yeah. selling proposition and making sure your brand is completely aligned from top to bottom. So what do, what do I mean by that? Um, once you figure out what you're doing uh, better than any yeah. anyone else and you have that positioning statement, what are you promising to the customers? Do that promise align with your mission, vision and values?
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: then who is it in the market you're really trying to reach? So we spend a lot of time on building out the ideal customer profile because... Mm-hmm. If you have limited dollars uh, in a small business for trying to get into, you know, to a growth stage, you really want to narrow the market and select those customers that are likely to purchase your products and services. Right. So that takes some market research and really understanding, getting inside their heads. Um, we have a saying over here: if you miss the message, you miss the mark.
1: Oh, so you can
0: do you can do all these tactical things like social media and advertising, digital ads. You know, everything, uh, blogging, you name it, all those tactics, e-newsletters, e-marketing. But if you're not hitting the right message to those customers, it's going to go straight over their heads. Um, I was reading the other day, this stat blew me away, that depending on what market you're in, You see anywhere between six and 10,000 advertising messages every single day. Wow. Pop up, billboards, um, radio, television, all of that. So that's what that's your, it's not only your competition that you're competing with, it's the noise in the market. So, how do you cut through the noise? That's like Mm. the big, the number one thing. Once you get that message tuned in, where it's like, oh, yeah, I, I, that does apply to me. Then you can select the right mediums to in the marketing mix. But so many people just skip over that. They they all say, "Oh, I've got this product. It's really great. Here's the features of it, without really talking uh, benefits uh, focused on what it does and how you do it differently." And that your online footprint, everything has to match up. So if I see you on social media, if I see you on your website or whatever all those messages align and that mm-hmm. builds trust and confidence of course you have to deliver right on, yeah. on the promise
1: right um,
0: so that that's kind of our basic philosophy of of diving in like really growing and it takes time it takes energy but it's well worth it. Uh, yeah. 97% of our customers are um, repeat customers. Wow, 97%, that's a high mark. Very. And it's because that we do a lot of word of mouth and I've never, it's funny, I've, for my company, I've never really run ads to even huh. after 21 years. Um, it's been speaking at conferences, blogging, you know, being a subject matter expert and then people will find us that way. Mm-hmm. And we'll see if it's much, you know, so-
1: kind of a no pressure kind of sales pitch if you will. I think that's great. No, I think it's great. Well, and I th- I love your idea of narrowing the focus because I, like there there are sometimes when I see like when I see a major billboard or I see a Super Bowl ad and it's for a yes. niche business and I think yes. to myself this is pure vanity. They're doing this yes. out of pure vanity because this exactly. is not their target market. They just they dropped you know, thousands of dollars for a little bit of vanity is what it is, because exactly. if your niche market is, you know, like when I'm driving down the highway and I see a cracker barrel up in two miles, that's great yeah. advertising. I'm looking for food. <laughs> it tells me where it's at. I can find it. Right. That's great advertising. Same with the gas stations, same with Bucky's. you know, whatever it is, tell me where I can find what I need. But if I'm driving down and there's a ad for an internet service <laughs> or or, you know, something that is, feels very irrelevant to me in the moment. Um, Not, not only am I going to not remember it, but I'm going to ask like, why, why did you spend that money? It's pure vanity. Why did you spend
0: that money? Yeah. So
1: yeah, it's really like,
0: instead of doing a kind of a shotgun approach where you're just getting the message out. Now that, that can be good for awareness building, but again, it has to get to the right target for lead generation and really saying, piquing someone's interest. And here's another fun fact for your audience. I'm just filled with fun facts today. Yeah, yeah, I love it. um, It takes anywhere between eight and 12 touch points to get a prospect to convert. So when you think about that, that ad is just one touch point. What are your other touch points? Social media. Mm -hmm. So we really have to diversify what that marketing mix is and make sure they're seeing it multiple, multiple times. And if you think about how you, you buy personally, you know, right. it's, it's that repeat message over and over. And it's like, oh, when that need arises, I'm going to call this company and check them out. Yeah. And yeah. so there's this whole process of getting those people in your pipeline and nurturing them mm-hmm. through information, not sales, but information that might help them make a decision
1: yeah, on yeah. your product and service. Yeah. Sh- yeah. Add value to them. I always say, if you want to sell me something, add value to what I'm doing and then I'm all yes. ears. Yeah, I exactly. Agree. Yeah. So, so I think, you know, with what you do in marketing, especially with the education component, I think adding value is something that should probably come pretty naturally for your organization, you know, in terms of, you know, what you're promoting. Well,
0: what we're promoting, yes. And, yes. Um, you know, again, we promote workforce education and then we help entrepreneurs promote their products as well if they're going uh-huh. in that pathway. Yeah. But for education, um, when you look at the trends, as we were talking about earlier, the value of that is going down um, because, like, the cost benefit of it is like, okay, I'm going to outlay in all this cash and, you know, have all this debt, debt. doesn't really yeah. like it. Right. So positioning more of the career education tracks in community college, positioning adult schools. To me, that's a very important mission because people don't understand their options or they think, Mm. oh, trade school or vote, they the vocational education they think yeah. that's less than well it's come a long way um, we're working right now with 15 community colleges in the bay area and we rebranded kind of the mechanics world because now everything is electric yeah. hybrid ve- vehicles right yeah well their tool belt belt has been replaced with a computer so yeah. we call yeah. it next gen auto and so we're we're it's educating the market on what choices are available yeah. that to me is really exciting because we live in this wonderful country where we can have freedom of choice and people sometimes don't know their options to improve their situation. And that's what gets me excited. There's so much opportunity out there yes. that people can yeah. tap into for workforce training or education. Yeah that will help yeah. them either as an entrepreneur or as an employee or mm-hmm. an employer, you know, all, all three, which is to me Absolutely. very exciting.
1: Yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, and I love that we're we're talking about options because you know I I agree with you. It does sometimes it just doesn't make sense? You know, if somebody my my son and I are having the debate, he's sixteen on well, the you know four yeah. year school or not, and he's like, you know, if you're gonna make me go to get a degree or a certificate, I'm just gonna go to culinary school, and that way I can learn at least learn to cook. But he just wants to be an entrepreneur. He's like, I just want to be an entrepreneur, mom. I just want to own okay. my own business. And so he, uh, you know, I have to give him a little. Of grace because I understand that you know and I can't say that my four year degree has had any impact in moving the needle in my in my business and in fact I I talked about this before in my podcast but. I became so dedicated to graduating on the Dean's list. Like I was like, I'm going to graduate on the Dean's list of the major four-year college. And, you know, I worked my butt off. And do you know how many times I've ever been asked what my grade point average was? was? zero, was. zero times. <laughs> so, yeah. So, uh, yeah, that, that was, um, had I known, <laughs> I probably <laughs> would have enjoyed college a little bit more, but it's, it's quite all right. I think, you know, there's.
0: Yeah. And there's lots of options for your son. In fact, too bad he's not in California because we're working with Chef Ann Foundation right now on the first ever pre-apprenticeship program on scratch uh, cooking, which I didn't know much about until I got into it. But yeah, um, and there's a lot of culinary programs in community colleges too that can lead. We've worked with a lot of them across the nation. So that could lead to all kinds of opportunities. So at least
1: And I always say,
0: you know, lean into what you're good at and leave the rest and find, you know, help get help. When I was in college, I thought just like you, Jesus, Jesus. I was like, I'm going to have a double major, right? (laughs) Right. and computer science, because Mm -hmm. I just at the time thought that sounded really cool. Well, I had to drop, and this will age me, but FORTRAN and assembler language, this was taught way back when, I had to drop assembler language twice because I almost failed it. And I I got a tutor and he goes, okay, Selena, I don't know how to tell you this, but I'm going to give it to you straight. It was the best advice I ever got. He Uh goes, Got to the right answer. But if you were in the real world, you would have cost that company thousands of dollars. <gasps> wow. And he goes, You're so good at marketing and storytelling. He goes, I, I see how you are in your advertising classes and stuff. He goes, Stay with that. And drop this. So yeah. I did. I dropped it and I was so happy. Yeah. So <laughs> again, it goes back to that very first thing I, I was talking about early at the beginning of the podcast, where it's it doesn't have to be a straight shot or a, a yeah. traditional line to things. I think if you're really passionate about something, pursue it. It's like your son, right? Okay, you may not want him to hear this podcast, but it's like, okay, well, then go to culinary school, see how you like it, dip your Mm -hmm. toe in before you are hundreds of thousands of dollars in debt to see if that's, because he can get work-based learning opportunities like internships and the pre-apprenticeship program, work-based learning that will, employers will take the take those kids underneath their wing and say, all right. Let's see if this is for you. And that's a great way to try it out, right?
1: Yeah, sure is. Yeah. And he's, you know, passionate about cars and, you know, he's like, well, I want to make money at this because there's lots of money to be made, but I love cars. And it's like, well, then do what you love. Because number one, yes. life is too short to not enjoy what you do every day. And number two, you'll make so much more money if you're passionate about it versus if you're going into it to make money, right? So if your yes. goal is to make money, you'll make a fraction of what you would make if you were passionate about what you were doing to make the money. That's so. so
0: true. It's just
1: that money is a byproduct of yeah. your passion,
0: period. Yep. Period. End of story.
1: Yep, yep. Absolutely. So what advice would you give to 18 year olds? Old you? No,
0: oh, I would. I would definitely. I mean, I love this whole. keep going back to the concept of mentorship, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And there are so many opportunities, even in high school. Talking with their counselors, their career counselors, um, talking with their local community colleges, and saying, "Okay, I can even take these classes in mm-hmm. career education in high school, and they're going to count towards my college." Uh, getting into college and my credits. So there's a lot of things like that. So I would explore, get the advice of a career counselor, and really figure out what you love to do. Just like the story of my nephew Tripp, uh, who now it was billing 30 a month, right? Yeah. 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 Just because he likes computers. When he was seven, he built a website for people who lost their pets in the neighborhood. Wow. Would, I mean, you know, that was his That's thing, so cool. right? Yeah. Yeah. So what is it you really love to do? And then go and talk to the counselors, talk to other, uh, people who are mm. in or in industries that you think you might want to get in and call them up and talk to them, you know, yeah. say, Hey, I really have come in and job shadow, do a job shadow, that kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, are you doing, are you taking on interns? Uh, because all that experience, the more they do rather than sit in a classroom, even though some of that curriculum is contextualized for workplace and all that many times it's not. So right. they can't really get a feel for what they're doing right or what they want to do sitting Mm -hmm. in a classroom they've got to get out a lot of kids are interested in drones right now really big they could take that in all different kinds of directions so yeah stay curious keep learning and get good good advice leaning into what you love to do
1: Mm -hmm. yeah excellent advice so as women we often give our power away whether that's to you know take someone's criticism, allow somebody else to take credit for our work. Is there a time that you gave your power away? And if you did, can you tell me about it? And then is there another time where you stepped into your power? Wow. Yes. That is such a great question.
0: And I'm thinking about it from multiple, multiple levels. Remember when I was saying, I don't think you can separate your personal and your professional, Right. So mm. I had a lot of things that were holding me back personally when I got to California. One was that near rape incident in college that happened where I got away, but I had a lot of post-traumatic stress yeah. after that event. Like I'd go on campus and a leaf would rustle. So a mm. lot of growing up the way I did, I was a lot in fear and anxiety. Okay, mm. And um, when I would, I just, it, it kind of, you know, I ran 3000 miles away from home. I couldn't have gotten further away from home. Right. But that was a lonely time when I hit California because I realized I, I have to fight my demons. I have to find a way because that personally was holding me back professionally. Yeah. So I found a, a class and it was uh, by Dawn Callan, uh, Awakening the Warrior Within and it was a very physical class where she teaches women to find their voice and find their power. And she teaches you dirty street fighting just to get out of a, a, a situation. Yeah. They do that for three days and they break you down emotionally, physically, and mentally. And then at the end of the third day, you have to go to a, through four rounds with a fully padded 6'2 black belt male and take him wow. out using the skills. So the first three rounds, I lost it. The fourth round, I was able to, to do it. But anyway, long story short, that was a pivotal moment in my life because from that point on, everything changed for me. It was like I no longer had fear. Wow. So part of going into business, I think, is really taking an honest look at what what how are you holding yourself back and mm-hmm. how can you overcome it? Now, that class happened to be it for me. What are other ways? Some people find it through meditation, through church, through counseling, through like what's really holding you back and being honest with that. Uh, But from that point on, it just led me to to many different places. Um, I find, you know, my bigger mission in my company is to help women in business. And Mm -hmm. and I don't care if they're my own customer, you know, we'll be in a meeting and I'll notice a woman shuts down with her voice. I will call her up after the meeting and say, hey, uh, Carol, do you mind if I talk to you woman to woman? And she usually says Yes. And um so I'm, I'm just this is just my intuition here talking. I could be wrong. And let me know if you're uncomfortable with this, but I would love to talk to you about it. I noticed that at this point in the meeting, you know, you had all these ideas up to this point and then this, ha- this incident happened and you kind of, I felt shut down and I hated uh-huh. to see that because you have such great ideas, you know, am I off mar- mark, the mark here? And usually she'll say, no, you're right on point. Wow. And I go, where does that come from? And so we start dialoguing as women as to where that comes from to work through that situation situation and maybe what could she do the next time? Now,
1: Mm -hmm. this is
0: not part of my job. I'm in marketing, right? right? But I think as women, we have to help each other out. We got to watch because when one wins, we all win. So, and then she goes, yeah, you know, I'll try that the next time. I said, well, I don't know if it'll work. You know, what do you think will work? So it's just kind Mm -hmm. of a collaborative session. And, and I think that's really important that we recognize when we do have our power and are able to speak it, and I always say in soft power, uh, you know, we don't have to go in there with a club. We can just yeah. simply yeah. Be, speak the truth. You don't have to be aggressive. Um, and then, um, and then, you know, take a look, be observant when other women you feel are not in that space. How could you help that person? Because yeah. you'll help yourself by helping that person because it's a collaborative kind sort of conversation, right? So, uh, yeah, lots of, and I'm always, I'm, I'm trying to build that culture here. Always try to build it internally. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll come into a meeting and say, okay, here's the project. Here's my idea. Now let's rip it up. Yeah, <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. yeah can we it better. Right. Mm-hmm. And, um, so I, I, I just think it's a long-term day by day process, but I think as women, that's how we can change the culture in our environment of being valued.
1: Yeah. I love that. Wow. Well, I, I love that. And I think, um, you know, one of the things that we can do to help other women is help them to have a voice. And like you were, like you were saying is, you know, and that's one of the reasons why this podcast was started was let's figure out how to have a voice. Let's, let's give each other the opportunity to step into your power and have a voice and um, yeah. And bravo to you for doing that, you know, unleashing the power because I'm sure it was, Very, very emotional and draining, but uh, no doubt very pivotal.
0: Yes. And right back at you, I love this whole concept of the podcast. I was reading about how, you know, this really pulled at your mission in life. Mm -hmm. And I just, I just love that because I think, at the end of the day, we're we're just all here to try to help each other get to the next step. Right. Our journey never ends. It mm-hmm. never ends. It's like, I'm still learning at, at my age and yeah. you know, all these lessons and everything. Yes, yeah. I've learned quite a bit. And I, I, I never want that yearning to go away. And I, I look to other women leaders to help me figure out how I can be a better leader. How can yeah. I, you know, in my own little space in the world, make a difference not only through the daily work, but how I interact with other people as mm. well. Yeah, And to me, women are wonderful role models for that. And yeah. I, I really appreciate that. And, and the podcast as well. I've listened to so many of them and yeah. their stories are just remarkable.
1: Well, they say, if you want to go far you go together if you want to go fast, go alone. And for me, I think we should go far, right? We have going fast. Yeah, sure. We could jump on, you know, we could rise to the top and, you know, what it was, Mark Zuckerberg say, go fast and break things. Like we can do that that way, but it's not sustainable. Right. So I would um, rather us align and go far together. So um, yeah, I think that that's important. So, so I've really, really enjoyed this, Selena. You're so inspiring and I love your story and I love all of your great advice, but one more question. What do you wish more people knew?
0: Wish more people knew about their options to feel empowered your yeah. education and skills.
1: Yes, and absolutely. The,
0: the vision for the company, and I think about it every day, and I guess it's my personal vision too, is that we live in a world where everyone wakes up wanting and yearning to go to work
1: and contribute
0: because of their unique skill sets. Yeah. That's Mm -hmm. because just think how amazing that would be. You know, if everybody loved what they did and felt they were contributing in their own way, it would be such an amazing world. And I think things would shift. So that's the vision.
1: I love it. Well, Bravo to you for everything that you've done, and you guys can't see this unless you're on YouTube. But she has a ton of awards behind her, and I am just so inspired by that. So congratulations on all of your incredible achievements. Thank you for for your time. Thank you for your gift that you're giving to people in terms of marketing and education, and you know helping people find their voice and also helping people find their skill set. Because I agree with you. You know if we can find if we can create a, a workforce of passionate, empowered people i think so much would change so um, absolutely we'll write back
0: at you angela yeah thank it's just you. been wonderful talking with you such a pleasure thank you so much and how can people find you uh they can find us on fullcapacitymarketing.com and okay. if you want to and mm, September, we'll have our EFCM Learning Hub up and running where we're going to be doing online classes for entrepreneurs and those in workforce and education. All oh, about fun. marketing and
1: communications. Yeah.
0: I love so that. You can check
1: it out. <laughs> Very cool. Well, good. All right. Well, and again, you guys can also find her at uh, prettypowerfulpodcast.com. We'll have all of her links so that you can reach out and um, connect with Selena online. So thank you so much, Selena Shans. You've been a pleasure. And I really, really enjoyed this. Uh Back at you, Angela. Thanks again. Absolutely. Everybody have an amazing day today. And uh please tune in for the next episode. Thanks so much. Have a good day.
0: Thank you for joining our guests on the Pretty Powerful Podcast. And we hope you've gained new insight and learned from exceptional women. Remember
1: to subscribe or check out this and all episodes on prettypowerfulpodcast.com. Visit us next time and until then, step into your own power.